Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cocciolillo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cocciolillo, and today we have Johnny Cerucci. He is conspiracy theorist extraordinaire, and he is the author of Illuminati Unmasked. Thanks for being on the show today. Gary, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. You, you've got uh, quite a, um, an impressive range of topics and guests that you've had on the past. I'm, I am. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So what got you down to cons- I, I read I read your bio. Um, tell me tell my listeners a little bit of what got you down the conspiracy rabbit hole that you have gone down. I'd be happy to be happy to share that with you. I was um, born and raised fourth generation immigrants, Italian Roman Catholic. And my family was very is very, very patriotic instilled that in us having emigrated from Italy and given a second chance uh, the the stark contrast between immigrants of generations ago and immigrants of today is there's a very malignant system that encourages immigrants of today not to assimilate with with America's treasonously wide open borders it's easy to do that uh, but that wasn't so much the case uh, decades ago you, you had to assimilate and become American and, and learn the language and blend in. It's much more helpful and useful to people running things to encourage uh, hatred and division to have immigrants, uh, millions of immigrants not assimilate. That's certainly the case in Europe as well. But uh, for, for me and my family uh, encouraged into service and um, that's what I did. Went and served in both the Marine Corps and the Army. Uh, however, as someone who is, uh, I hate to even use the term conservative, right-leaning, patriotic, I, I don't even want to use the terms because the terms are specifically designed to spin you in a specific direction. For instance, my values might be so-called right-minded, but I am in no way, shape, or form conservative. I am absolutely open and free. I am liberal in my thinking, very open-minded. If there's something that is in front of me that makes no sense, regardless of the source, I'm going to, I'm going to examine it. Uh, so these terms are handed to us to, to, to color the agenda before it even begins, before the debate even begins. So uh, ha- having, having joined the service and, and actually also don't even have enough time to talk about me going in and out of the service, in and out of, uh, of training, in and out of education. I didn't get my, my college education all in one shot. Uh, I went to college and then dropped out and had to go back years later. Uh, it's that, that path Gary has helped me to learn a lot of lessons the hard way. And uh, one of those lessons going in and out of college, uh, also writing for the university newspaper, I learned how to couch my, my positions from uh, a point of, of, um, of citation, not just as an opinion, uh, particularly in the environment of, 
a, a higher education, which tends to lean hard left. And so if you go into higher education and you're not hard left, uh, you, you, you're on your heels all the time. So I learned at that point years ago, back in the 90s when I was in school, that uh, if I have an opinion that is contrary to the established opinion, I better back it up. And that started me down this path of, of uh, research and investigation. Give me the habits, good habits of research and investigation, uh, even back then. And I started, I think my blog started at that time too. I started playing with a blog back in the 90s when I was in college. But it was my military service that really woke me up because uh, I, I, I hated it. <laughs> I, 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 didn't in, I didn't enjoy it. I had things I wanted to do that I never was able to do. And uh, I, had a, I had a deployment to Iraq for the war. And uh, one of the most miserable experiences I've ever, ha ever had in my life. And because I was ready, and you know, let me let me back up a little bit before my deployment, uh, being a being right-minded guy, I was starting to get fed up with my sources of information. Mainstream media leans to the left in, in their ideology, hard left. And so I, I would go to what I thought back then, good grief. Now it's nowhere in no way was I was I accurate in, in calling conservative media, alternative media, it was just another side of the same coin. They just gave me the same, uh, the same patented um, lies and propaganda with a right wing, pseudo right wing spin. But I was starting to get, uh, I was starting to get frustrated with even those main, mainstream right wing sources. My time in the military was really waking me up, Gary. Uh, I, it was obvious to me that my my biggest enemy in getting things accomplished and getting, getting that mission accomplished, whatever the mission was, even if the mission was simply to be the best at uh, my field, I, I shared several military occupational specialties from all the way down from truck driver, all the way up to uh, infantry armor and, and even a little bit of training in, in, uh, in special forces. Uh, training only. I wish I'd done some active time there. It's something else I wanted to do and was not able to, was not selected for. And that is a whole nother story too, that, that I now look back with, with um, uh, anger because I, I see that whole process is corrupt. Um, and as a quick aside, you know, in my personal experience, I used to say that the guys at the tip of the spear uh, are, are the most sincere and, and reliable and now, unfortunately, as I look back in my experience, they tend to be also the most corrupt. So you have this odd, um, odd juxtaposition there. But uh, as I say, and my, my military experience jaded me, particularly my time in Iraq. I, I really, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. So I'm an emotional guy. Uh, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, if, if you're, you're my friend, I'm going to come I'm gonna go past a, a handshake and give you a big hug, you know? So I'm kind of a, a, a touchy-feely, emotional Italian. And so when I get uh, involved in something like um, going to another country, supposedly to help this country, uh, and, and I see that what I'm doing is, is more harm than good, I'm, I'm not going to BS. I'm not going to sweep it on the carpet. I'm going to see it for what it is. Um, chaos utter chaos and needless chaos and it, it deeply upset me to see the common citizen suffering as a result of my presence 
whether whether there were supposed enemies or not. And I came back from my deployment and, and unlike some of the other guys out there, yeah, five, six, seven, eight deployments. Oh, hell no. One deployment was too many for me. One deployment was too many. And I came back and I'll never forget this. My experiences coming back, uh, getting, getting into going through the airport. And I had wonderful people of us in uniform, wonderful people, you know, buying buying me crazy expensive uh, lattes in the airport um, thanking me for my service. And these same wonderful people would go through the, the body scanner and have their, you know, husbands, wives, and children hold their arms up like prisoners of war and get in, have a naked body scan. Job accomplished. Well done. We're more free now than ever, right? No, just the opposite is true. And that was part of what, what jaded me. My sacrifice and the sacrifice of, of my brothers did absolutely nothing. It, it, it perpetuated, it perpetuated this global war on terror and deeply aggravated, jaded, and upset me even further. We're far less free we are than today than before September 11th. And so uh, it, was, it was my very aggravating experiences. I mean, aggravating is not even the right word for it. Very upsetting experiences in the military. I started off as an, as an enlisted man. I went to OCS, Officer Candidate School, became an officer, and just really saw that I, um, I wasn't going to be allowed to rise very high. And, and listen, I, I wasn't the greatest, greatest uh, soldier, greatest Marine of all time. But still, it was getting obvious to me that that I was gonna I was being pigeonholed, and at that point I, I got out, and I didn't even get to the point where I I, I had about twenty years total, but it's not a full retirement, and, and all that did was upset me even more that I, that I didn't have the, the the points to get a full retirement. It just it just icing on the cake for me to have a bad experience, and I got to tell you, Gary. Uh, I'm careful how I say this. You be, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you thank God for. Uh, my my bad experiences helped me to be on the outside. And the fact is, is that when you're on the outside, you have a reason to mistrust. You have a reason to ask questions. And when you're on the inside, you have an impetus to cover up corruption. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. This is for particularly the ones I call the Praetorian class the, the ones the United States government, well, any government, the, one that, the ones that the government gives the guns to, to keep us citizens in place. There is a progression. And they put you on that progression and they continue to give you just enough honey so that you'll do what you're told, even though it's wrong. And I, I was blessed to be kicked out of that progression, to be kept out of that progression. I don't know what would have happened to me, Gary, if I was able to do the things I enjoyed, get the promotions that I wanted, get the status that I wanted. I, you know, I don't think I ever would have been able to do that because there were compromises that clearly I, I was not willing to take. Compromises that were very specific to degrade um, the capabilities. And as long as you are a sincere soldier, as long as you are a sincere warrior, uh, the crap that the chain of command will give you 
You either compromise or you get out. It's just that simple. What we have in the military today is, a, is an absolute mess. An absolute mess. And they're, and they're committing crimes. All, they're committing crimes. Just that simple. Uh, and and the, the more heinous the crime, the more trusted the actors are involved. So I'm at a point now where if someone tells me I made it to pay grade such and such from, from uh, E6 and above, staff sergeant above, uh, O4 and above, major and above, uh, I, I'm already looking at you with a sideways glance. What did you do to compromise to get continue to get your promotions? The more, the higher you go, there's no way in my, that, that I would trust anyone who has risen high. Uh, 05 Lieutenant Colonel, uh, what is it in the Navy? Um, commander, Lieutenant Commander, Commander, Captain, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel, General. Um, those ranks, especially, especially the field grade, general grade ranks where you have to be approved by Congress. Oh, absolutely all in absolutely all in for corruption. So if you're sincere and, 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 and you're serving and your service means you really, you took an oath to defend the constitution and the citizenry and you believe that, then there's going to be some problems for you in your service. I would never today, I would never today recommend service to anyone, any, any young man. And unfortunately any young woman too, because that's part of the psychological operation of lies is that women are, are completely no different than a man. And it's, that's ludicrous. Women are different from men. It's a complete separate gender. The two genders, they, they have positives and negatives that go with them. They, in a general sense, there are things that women in general do better. And there are things in women, that men in general do better. Just in general. As soon as you have somebody tell you that's not true, when it clearly is it's a physiological fact, you're already getting into disinformation and deception. That's as, as a warrior, that's the first right there. Um, and so when I saw all that compromise in the military, uh, it, it was, it was my, it was my clue. I either, I either went with a compromise or I got out. And so I got out. And as a result of having bad experiences, it put me in a position to, to, to be angry and cynical. And being angry and cynical uh, has really helped me tremendously in a search for truth. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, as soon as you're given an official story, I like to put it this way, it's, 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 it's very cliche or meme-esque, but it's so darn true. As soon as you realize you've been lied to, you become a conspiracy theorist. It's just that simple. As soon as you realize you've been lied to, you become a conspiracy theorist. You watch the Abraham Zapruder film and you see John F. Kennedy's head at, to quote to the, uh, the JFK, Oliver Stone, back and to the left. Okay, so if you know anything about ballistics, ballistics, you know that a victim whose head moves back and to the left has been wounded from uh, a weapon that is front and to the right. It's just that simple. Now you watch the brutality of the Subruder film and you see John F. Kennedy's, the back of his head get blown off very visibly. And it's actually, it's, it's, it's meant to be vicious and brutal. And you watch his wife go under the trunk of, of the limousine to collect the rest of his body there. 
the part of his head because she's in shock and she doesn't know what's going on. And then they tell you that this, that, that this was accomplished by a, a um, how old was the man like a Carcano? Decades old, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. The, the 6.5, I think, 6.5 man like a Carcano that uh, Lee Oswald was shooting for supposedly like 200 yards away. Patently absurd, Gary. Patently absurd. And we're talking about an event. Where are we now? 2021? How long ago? Okay. <laughs> that long ago, and you had that official story, that blatant, of, of that much of a lie. That much of an, a lie. You can see it. They released the Zapruder film. They released it. They had a, they had a comedian do it. Dick Gregory gave it to Geraldo Rivera because they think it's funny to do it in that manner. As soon as you realize what's going on, as soon as you mistrust the trusted authorities, you're in trouble, you're dangerous, but you're on your road to understanding truth. That's the road, the path that I walked. It was easy for me at that point. Before I even got out, before I even got out, I had a great guy who was, who was my boss. I spent the end of my career at a division headquarters. I was, uh, I was a captain in division headquarters, operations group, and, and, and um, I, had a, I had a great lieutenant colonel who, who, was, um, who was my boss at the time. And back in 2011, when they supposedly killed Osama bin Laden, when SEAL Team 6 supposedly killed Osama bin Laden, from open sources on the internet, it was easy for me to see their total BS. My, my boss brought me into his office, closed the door and said, I got, I got friends in the special operations community who were telling me it's an absolute psychological operation. It did not go down like that. You have the reason for the global war on terror, Gary, the reason for the global war on terror and you shoot them on site and dump them in the ocean. How stupid is, is there any military? Is there any soldier anywhere? that thinks in the slightest bit tactically that bought that BS. The reason for the global war on terror. Meanwhile, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, what did they say? They waterboarded him 800 times, some ridiculous amount to get every scrap of information out of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. KSM. But Osama bin Laden, you shot him on site and dumped him in the ocean. Cause I'm that stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not. So as I'm, as, as I'm seeing more and more evidence of official bold faced lies, what did they admit? They admitted the, uh, what did they call it? The situation room or the, uh, the, the, uh, the footage where you got Barack Obama and, and, and uh, Robert Gates and um, Admiral Michael Mullins and Hillary Clinton and, and Leon Panetta, Hillary Clinton with her hand over her mouth, supposedly watching Osama bin Laden, admitted by open sources, admitted by mainstream sources to be completely fake because, oh, we didn't have live feed from SEAL Team 6. Well, then why has Hillary got her, her hand over her mouth? What did she see that was so, so scary? Nothing. Nothing. That means she was acting. That means it was a psychological, it was, it was propaganda. As soon as you have that realization, Gary, you can no longer trust anything that they do. Right. Nothing. You can't trust of uh, you can't trust them on the coronavirus. You can't trust them on assassinations. You can't trust them on war. You can't trust them on anything. 
That's devastating. And that's why there are too many people who shut their eyes and plug up their ears and run away. Because it's too devastating to just grip reality. I got news for you. If you plug your ears and, and, and stop and cover your eyes, is that going to stop the train from running over you? No. no. Very foolish. Very foolish. So that's what started me down this road of, of truth-seeking. Just a bad attitude is really that it. Okay? <laughs> bad attitude. And um, uh, uh, the bad attitude was ameliorated with a strong religious experience that I had also in college. I was a non-practicing uh, Roman Catholic. And in college, I found, walked into, stumbled into an evangelical church, became a born-again Christian. And so that gave... Um, uh, an impetus to me, excuse me, it gave me a reason to do something just because it's the right thing to do. Normally, you need something bigger than yourself to motivate you in that direction. It's very unusual. It's not impossible if you're not religious, and I'm not religious. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate. I have a faith. I have, I have a relationship. I'm not religious. Um, it's unusual for someone that isn't motivated in such a manner to do the right thing just because it's right. There's just too many, there's, there's, there's too many positive and negative things to pull you in a direction unless you've got a darn good reason not to go there. So um, those two having a bad attitude and having a very strong faith that says, you know what? That's just not right. That's just not right. I'll give you a side example. As I'm here, I'm supposedly giving you my bio and my background. Let me give you a side example. In my research, I recently found out, Gary, surprise, surprise, the same people involved in the coronavirus are involved in AIDS, like Anthony Fauci, Italian Roman Catholic double Jesuit trained. Involved in AIDS. What happened with AIDS? AIDS hit the scene back in the 80s and supposedly is this syndrome that is wasting away homosexuals and intravenous drug users. Oh, and by the way, a lot of other people too, but we don't really talk about that. As I did my research into that, I'm finding out that in no way, shape, or form is AIDS properly researched. Properly researched. Robert Gallo, Italian Roman Catholic, made an announcement with um, Ronald Reagan's Secretary of Health and Human Services, Margaret Heckler, who's... Uh, Maiden name was uh, Margaret Mary O'Shaughnessy, Irish Roman Catholic. Robert Gallo, Italian Roman Catholic, made an announcement. An announcement in no way, shape, or form was this properly done in a medical field using the scientific method. It was phony medicine and phony science. Gallo made the announcement that a retrovirus, HIV, causes AIDS. What is AIDS? What is AIDS? The S in AIDS is syndrome. That means it's anything they tell you it is. How do you know you have AIDS? You have to get tested for it. You have to trust the experts. Well, what is it? It's, it's, it's shortness of breath. It's, uh, it's sudden loss of weight. It's, um, it's an itch over your left eyebrow. It's whatever we tell you it is. Deeply disturbing. All you have to do is question the experts and suddenly you've got a problem. And as I'm looking into this, I'm finding out the facts and the facts are HIV doesn't cause AIDS because AIDS doesn't exist. And what causes victims of AIDS 
to waste away horribly and die is the treatment. AZT, fabricated by the very likes of these people we trust now, Anthony Fauci. Chemotherapy. They don't want to cure you from cancer. It's the same people. The same people involved. Gallo and Fauci and uh, uh, the CDC, currently run by Robert Redfield, Jesuit-trained Roman Catholic, founded by Joseph Walter Mountain, Jesuit-trained uh, Roman Catholic at Marquette, Redfield, Jesuit-trained at Georgetown. The same deception. And it, it shocked and sickened me to realize that AIDS doesn't even exist. AIDS is a, is a bunch of symptoms that was originally given as a result of risky behavior in the 80s from the homosexual community that, that created problems in, in, in um, immunity and doing the things they were doing and huffing and getting, and getting high and doing it specifically to inc increase their, their, their experience, their enjoyment of chance sexual interaction. Simply, it's, it's nothing more than high-risk behavior. High-risk behavior that was exploited and spun as a new disease. But the new disease doesn't kill, doesn't exist. It's the treatment that kills. Easiest way for me to prove this to you. You heard of Magic Johnson, right? Magic Johnson has AIDS, right? right. How is Magic Johnson alive and everybody else is dead? He stopped taking Anthony Fauci's AZT. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. So when I say... Um, integrity to do the right thing is part, part of what brought me here is I'm coming to the realization that some evil people who are themselves sexual deviants fabricated the hoax of AIDS to horribly murder in a literal crusade homosexuals and drug users. I absolutely scream it at the top of my lungs. I don't care who your target victim is. I don't care how guilty your target victim you say is. That's not the way you deal justice to somebody if that's what you call justice. You say that homosexuality is wrong, intravenous recreational drug use is wrong, so you're going to lie to everyone, you're going to convince them that they're sick, and then you're going to give them a, a, a drug, a narcotic, a chemical that horribly kills them. How is that right in any way, shape, or form, especially given the irony that you yourself are just as evil as they are? So I'll give you an example of doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And that's coming from a born-again Christian. So as I'm digging, Gary, um, I was suddenly exposed to a source that was giving me names, places, and dates that was telling me that an ancient power source that supposedly is not powerful anymore is actually even more powerful than ever, and that's the Vatican. Now, my conversion to becoming a born-again Christian, I was aware of the dangers of the Vatican, but never any details, never any facts, never any of the names, places, and dates. I had to do that. I had to find them. They've been erased. What's the role of the Vatican? Who is the Vatican? What, 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 are they, what do they do? What, how powerful was the Vatican then and how powerful are they today? Well, you know, this, this is stuff that's not really examined. 
And it's definitely not examined in, in school and class. If, if you have any example, if you actually look for it, you might come up with Britain's Henry VIII and Henry VIII breaking from the Catholic Church because some pope wouldn't give him a divorce. Okay, now step back and examine that for a second. Why is the King of England asking permission of the Pope to get a divorce? Whether it's a good reason or not, it was not a good reason. Uh, Henry, like the vast majority of sovereigns, were diseased in his thinking, uh, had to have a male offspring, male progeny, to believe in this immortal myth. If I have a son to take rulership from me, I will live on. Uh, that's ludicrous, but it's, it's part of the myth that, that sovereigns believe and are vested in. And so Henry's wife, Catherine of Aragon, who he married for politics, he married for power, as they do to this day, key power figures marry for power, not like us lowly masses, we still marry for love, right? They don't. To this very day, they marry for power. Very, very Luciferian. I'll call it Luciferian, uh, and I can explain that later. That's a whole show. What is Luciferian? We'll just call that Luciferian, and, and we'll take that as someone that's, that doesn't like humanity. Okay, so Henry married, married for power. Who is Catherine of Aragon? She was a Spaniard. So he married her to shore up ties with a superpower at the time, Spain. She wasn't giving him a male offspring. He had to ask the Pope. Who was the Pope? <clears throat> Giulio de' Medici, a.k.a. what was he calling himself? Oh, let's see here. Clement number seven. That, that in and of itself, this renaming stuff, this renaming stuff, the very concept of divine right of kings to establish a myth of feudalism, of caste feudalism. It's a method of control. It's a method of extreme tyranny. And it only works if you buy into it. You have the vast majority of the, the peasantry, the citizenry, you go out and you, you raise the cattle and, and, and farm and you provide food for everybody else. Above you is an aristocracy. They're wealthy. They don't toil. They don't sweat by their brow, as the Bible says, in order for them to eat food. They eat your food. Well, that seems a little uneven. No one would... would happily let that sit so you need force to keep that in place i call that the praetorian class above the peasantry below the aristocracy in in a very effective feudal caste system they're the only ones allowed use of weapons coercive force you have all this bs and mythology around the samurai 
That's part of the legend. That's part of the necessity of a feudal caste system. A samurai would rather gut himself than allow his, his liege lord to hear a bad joke. And that's probably not too much of an exaggeration, but I'm making an exaggeration to make the point. They need that. They desperately need that. Desperately need that myth. Because without the Praetorian class, without police and soldiers, I mean, let's, let's be honest, even in the guns of American West, they're in no way, shape, or form are they worried about you. In no way, shape, or form are they worried about the average citizen who might have a so-called deadly AR-15. They got all the machine guns. They got all the real assault rifles. An assault rifle is a select fire weapon. With a flick of a switch, you can go from semi-automatic to burst to automatic, depending upon the platform. That's what they got. And that's every everyone that they want to have that has it. They have the armored vehicles. They brought my MRAPs back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and they gave it to the cops. They got all the radios to surround your house at 3 a.m. and with MRAPs and cops touting real assault rifles. That's why these, these ideas of so-called militia going against ludicrous, <laughs> ludicrous. No one's that stupid. <laughs> no one's that stupid. So um, anyway, back, back, to, back to Henry VIII, who, who the Vatican is at the root of all this. The Vatican is at the root of all this. Why did Henry VIII, Henry VIII, Okay, now pause there. Let me go down different rabbit holes. I'm talking about Henry VIII and Clement number seven, Giulio de Medici, the uh, nephew of um, Lorenzo the Magnificent. Who are the Medici? Okay, so I, I ask, I ask Google, Google it, right? Google's a verb, right? Google it. Who rules the world from behind the scenes? The Rothschilds do, the Rockefellers do. Really? Who who are this who's the, who's Medici? What is that? Medici. After Giulio uh, de Medici, you had Alessandro Farnese. Farnese, interesting. That sounds kind of familiar. Farnese, his sister, Julia, was the mistress of another pope, Alexander number six. Rodrigo de Borgia. And I was explaining that, this naming, this idea that all of a sudden when you become a sovereign, your name changes. Let me finish explaining that. That's part of the myth of the divine right of kings. They, they leave behind their birth name and pick up a name of a previous ruler to add to the psychological BS. I am Clement number seven. I have the right to rule over you because Clement number six had the right to rule over you because Clement number five had the right to rule over you because Clement, because Henry number three, because Henry number two, because Henry number one. We're different. We have the bloodline that makes us better than you. Farnese, Medici, Alexander VI, one of the most evil individuals to ever have power, Rodrigo de Borgia. Borgia. Borgia, Lucrezia Borgia, poison? What? I, that, that should mean more to me than it does. Why? Why doesn't it mean more to me? Ah, it's Rothschild, Rockefeller. 
You go back a couple of decades, DuPont, maybe, maybe. Okay, well, why are they the bad guys from Google and, and, and uh, these other names that are significant, clearly significant in history, have been disappeared? Maybe they're the real power and they don't want to be found. So this thing called these, these, this, this order of, uh, of priesthood at the Vatican, Jesuits. Okay, well, wait a minute. Jesuits, Farnese, Paul III. Oh, that's interesting. Paul III consecrated the Jesuits. Well, when did he do that? He did that on September 27th in 1540 in response to Martin Luther and the Reformation. September 27th in 1540. Well, that's interesting. Hey, when, when was Google born? Well, nobody really knows, but some sources say September 27th. What? What? Google was born on September 27th, the same day that Alessandro Farnese, a.k.a. Pope Paul III, consecrated the Jesuits into existence. That's, a, that's an odd coincidence. And when I ask Google who's in charge, Google tells me Rothschilds and disappears Medici, Borgia, Farnese, Colonna, Orsini, Aldo Brandini. Really? Huh. Interesting. Shadow ban. What is shadow banning? Shadow banning. So these are the people that control things, and they are deciding when I ask a question, there's answers they're not going to allow to be given. Interesting. Why would they do that? They must have a reason. They must have a reason. And Gary, as I dug deeper and deeper, I found the formula. I found the formula, and it traces back to Rome and the Vatican. Just like you're saying. Unbelievable, Gary. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. The coronavirus, I refuse to call it COVID-19. COVID-19 is the rebranding to make it sound medical and serious. <laughs> coronavirus is, is, no more, is no more real than AIDS. Doesn't exist. There, there may be some sort of a corona marker, a biological marker that they, are, they can use, carry Mullis' PCR test to bring out for false positives, which is what they do. Go look up poor Carrie Mullis explaining his own PCR test. Polymers chain reaction, I believe is what it stands for. Go look up poor Carrie Mullis. And then look up what happened to Carrie Mullis. Died in August of just last year. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah, right before the coronavirus hit. Mm -hmm. Poor Carrie Mullis had, a, had a, it, it, his life cut short. Gary Mullis, also a critic of Anthony Fauci for some reason, called him an administrator who, who knows less than nothing. Oh, remember that uh, Department of Health and Human Services expert that got out with, with uh, Italian Roman Catholic, Irish Roman Catholic, Margaret Mary O'Shaughnessy, a.k.a. Margaret Heckler, that Protestant evangelical patriot Christian, Ronald Wilson Reagan made his uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services. What's, what was her medical background? to be the Secretary of Health and Human Health and Human Services. None. What was her medical experience? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> None. Politician. She was a congresswoman. No different than on the other side, Barack Hussein Obama, who made another Roman Catholic, Kathleen Sebelius, his Secretary of Health and Human Services. Kathleen Sebelius, Roman Catholic, 
so viciously pro-abortion, so viciously pro-abortion, that she entertained third trimester monsters, Mengele's like George Tiller. She was personally responsible for the George Tiller debacle. Personally responsible. There in Kansas as the governor of Kansas. A ruling elite. Simultaneously ruling Kansas as her father, Gilligan, what's his name? John Gilligan, I think his name was? It'll come to me. Was ruling Ohio. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? A father-daughter ruling elite govern, governing to, wait a minute. I thought these were democratic elections. How do you have these families? Um, George Bush, Skull and Bones, what was it, 1948? George Bush, Yale Skull and Bones. George Herbert Walker Bush, Yale Skull and Bones, 1948. How many do they tap a year? I don't know some tiny number, they tap a year. And a few years later, the only one qualified to run the Republican Party was his son, George Walker Bush, Yale Skull and Bones, 1968. Nobody else in America was qualified to run for president. How many other, how many other feudal elite families can we name these people that just pass power, that's, that's election? I, that's my choice? I, I have two people I can choose from. Oh, that's choice, okay. <laughs> that's choice. I got two people I can choose from. And both of them are from elite ruling backgrounds. Both of them are wealthy. What a joke. What a joke that, that, that Donald John Trump has ever been considered an outsider. What an absolute joke. What a psychological operation of foolishness. They're all wealthy. They all tax dodgers, taxes, masks, vaccines. Go, go ahead and, 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 and pull up some of the, uh, some of the videos of, of these elites getting vaccines and not really getting vaccines. I'm going to trust that the toxins that are in that hypodermic that you want me to take mm -hmm. are really in the same hypodermic that you're giving these other people. You're not even pushing the plunger on the hypodermic. How stupid am I in some of these cases? So again, all you have to have, Gary, is, is a bad attitude and a good heart, and, and you will go far in the truth community. A bad attitude and a good heart. When you see something that is wrong and you say it's wrong, and mm -hmm. you see you're getting lied to and you say, stop lying to me. Basically, that's, <laughs> there's my resume, guy. <laughs> after all of that. There's my resume. And so um, looking up, and, and as I said, I, I had this conversion to become a born-again Christian, and I always had this in the back of my mind floating around to this Vatican, power of the Vatican. And then you have this, uh, this Henry VIII, and, and he actually broke, he had permission, he had to get permission to get a divorce. What? He created his own religion so that he can, have, so he can get a divorce. What is it? It's, it's, it's a little Catholicism. It's a, it's a runoff. Anglicanism is Catholic light. Anglicanism is in no way, shape, or form anti-Catholic. It's, it's the same vestments. It's the same traditions. You simply answer to the King of England rather than the Pope of Rome. And that's why it's so easy for, for um, Anglicans to be converted to Catholicism. Because all they got to do is examine their own history and say, you know what? Um, this is just purely political. 
if I want the if I if I want the real thing, I'll just become Catholic. So um, Church of England is 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 a joke, and um, the great uh, the great Protestants, the great the the Scott Firebrand John Knox said so. God bless him. Told told Henry in no uncertain terms. This is just your version of, of Catholicism. You in no way, shape, or form trying to bring true Christianity. You know, that's something else that came up in my research, is the Catholic Church forbade the use, forbade access to the Bible. Wait a minute, I thought you were Christian. I thought you were the ultimate authority on Christianity, the, 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 the ultimate hierarchy of Christianity. Why would you do that if my sacred book is the Bible? Why do you make it forbidden? Thousand of years for, for, for fifteen hundred years, a thousand years, five hundred A.D. to fifteen hundred, and Martin Luther. Forbidden, I mean, to the point of being burned alive, burned alive, for having your child. It, Fox's Book of Martyrs. You're a Christian. You ever hear of Fox's Book of Martyrs? There, any audience? You know what Fox's Book of Martyrs is? Eh, not really. Not really. It used to be the one of the main textbooks of Christianity. It catalogs the torture and crimes and, and horrible murders of Christians by the Catholic Church. No entity has tortured and slaughtered more Christians than the city-state of Rome, either the military city-state of Rome or the religious city-state of Rome. And that is one heck of a wake-up call for someone who calls themselves Christian. One heck of a wake-up call. Oh, let's partner with Catholics. Let's partner with the Catholic Church for the pro-life agenda. Um, how about every single power player? And right now, from where I'm seeing, that's the majority, to include our current president. Open Roman Catholic. Not, not like a quiet Roman Catholic like Donald Trump that did two years at Jesuit Fordham and then snuck away to a secret Jesuit institution the secular University of Pennsylvania. Now, open Roman Catholic like Joe Biden. All of them. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi. Um, how many key figures? Susan Collins up in Maine. On and on and on. Kumos, the Kumo family. A hard left Catholic governor, son of a hard left Catholic governor. These are elections, right? This is our choice, right? Not father to son, to father to brother, to sister to father to son, all in this cabal. Interesting. Oh, and he's got a brother in news. Chris Kumo. Don't ever call him Fredo. It'll make him mad. Chris Kumo, who is an anchor on the premier 24-hour news network, CNN. Really? And someone also supposedly is positive for the coronavirus. Wow. Wow. Interesting. There's no corruption involved at all. Everywhere I looked, I have a formula, Gary. Everywhere I looked, I saw the fingerprint of the Vatican. And if you want, we can go into this. We can go into this now and go into this later. Who are the Jesuits? They're basically the special forces. They're basically the Vatican special forces. And... Man, there's just so many different places that we can go. But in particular, this issue of, of medicine and healthcare, if you in any way, shape, or form 
question the agenda. Let's, let's take a look at this coronavirus stuff. Lives being ended, no exaggeration. Lives being ended and destroyed as a result of the coronavirus. That's a crazy contention, Johnny. Giovanni, that's a crazy contention. That the coronavirus doesn't exist. And yet the government has destroyed small family business. You're unbelievable level of crime. What did I just see? The top, the top billionaires all gained a trillion dollars in wealth over the, over the past year, the coronavirus year. A tr- I can't even think of that number. Go online and ask what a trillion is. Can't even think of that number. Amazon, Walmart, that, that is so happy to utilize the slave labor of communist China. Making trillions of dollars over this, but there's no reason to be corrupt. How about this? How about this? The Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Given, given by, uh, created by Congress, created by Irish Roman. So, so I guess I can go down also in this idea of, of religion uh, and who figures prominently in these roles. There are two religions that figure prominently and that's Catholicism and Judaism. And so I have, what I have found, Gary, in my research is that Judaism is used by Catholicism as a smokescreen, as a dodge. They are very happy to hide behind practitioners of Judaism. Judaism is also an ethnicity. You can trace a bloodline for someone who is Jewish. It's also a religion. So it's a huge catch-all. It's a huge catch-all. And what I've found is, is that um, the, the elites, the, those in charge, those running things, they need you to not be thinking critically. They need you not to be thinking clearly. If they can get you angry, awesome. If they can inflame racial hatred, awesome. If they can get you obsessed over something unhealthy like sex or alcohol or drugs, awesome. They will do it. And so all these are, are tactics and techniques to hide themselves. What is it you and I do? Yeah, we're out there to give hidden information. And me specifically, I'm out there to tell my audience who is really running things. Right. And, and that's the vast majority of alternative media. What, what is your reason for being? We're here to tell you and show you who's really behind the scenes because you in the audience, you're asking, you're a truth seeker. You're not a truth-er. They slap on an ER to to, uh, humiliate you, to mock you. You're a truth seeker because at some point, you say you've been lied to. You're asking questions. At some point, you mistrust the experts as well you should. That's our job. And so that's what I have found. These same roots. And I'm also finding this layer of subterfuge to inflame racial hatred as a distraction. And, and I found that this, these, these go all the way back to 1307 and the suppression of the Templars. How about this as a quick aside? If, if you want to ask, who is more complicit in crime and ruling from behind the scenes, Judaism or Catholicism? Well, I, I can answer that in any number of ways. 
talking about Medici and banking and Templars. Usury banking, the idea that you give up your wealth for a fraction of that wealth for safekeeping or investment, whatever the case is. Well, that is that that is a method of enrichment that is unlike many others. Banking. Who invented banking? Oh, it must have been coming from Judaism. I have to be careful. I can't even say that because there's this whole idea of of clamping down on anyone that says anything bad about Judaism. And then that's proof. Oh, see that they're really in control. The the Templars came up with the banking, right? You must do this for a living. Maybe. You must do this for a living. The Templars came up with usury banking. Spot on home run. Well done, Gary. The Templars came up with usury banking. It was through a process of pilgrimage for Roman Catholics. Roman Catholics would go on a pilgrimage. By the way, that is completely pagan. has nothing to do with Christianity. The idea that you earn points with Almighty God by going to a sacred place. That is in no way, shape, or form Christian. The Bible is against that. That's probably one of the reasons why it was forbidden by the Vatican. Go on a sacred pilgrimage. You feel like you don't, you're you're not righteous enough, and you'll never be righteous enough. So you go on a sacred pilgrimage to earn some of that righteous cred with Almighty God. That's what the Catholic Church says you should do. It's not what the Bible says. You go on a pilgrimage to say Jerusalem. Well, there's a problem. There's a problem. Uh, Centuries ago, that was pretty dangerous. Still dangerous today, unfortunately. Centuries ago, that was dangerous to do. And so... Who goes on a pilgrimage? Who the heck goes on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land? Only those that can afford it, either today or yesterday. So obviously someone that goes to the Holy Land on a pilgrimage is trying to be a good Catholic who's also a well-to-do Catholic. Well, what happens when a well-to-do Catholic goes to a dangerous place? They need protection. In go the Templars. Here are the Templars made it their job to provide protection to wealthy Catholic pilgrims. And the process was, you give up your wealth to a Templar for safekeeping, and they will give you a ciphered receipt. And only another Templar will be able to decipher that receipt. And they charge a percentage of that wealth for safekeeping. They they created usury banking. Usury banking was then perfected by powerful Italian Catholic families like the Farnese, like the Medici. The word bank is derived from the Italian banco, which is the countertop that the Medici would conduct their business over. Why doesn't this come up when I ask Google who's really running things? When I asked Google, who's really behind banking? Google was born on the Jesuit birthday. So this is the stuff that is that is hidden from truth seekers and really started to confirm for me. I'll give you another example, Supreme Court. 
the, the last three Supreme Court appointments, what, what is the religious breakdown of the Supreme Court? What do we have, like seven Roman Catholics, two, two or three leftist Jews, uh, Gorsuch. Gorsuch is supposedly Protestant, right? He's Episcopal. Episcopal is a joke. It's, it's Catholic light. And Neil Gorsuch is Jesuit trained. Neil Gorsuch went to Georgetown Prep just like Brett Kavanaugh. The United States Supreme Court is dominated by Roman Catholics. Dominated. In no way, shape, or form is that demographically accurate to the United States. What, what is the demographic for the United States Supreme Court? Like 30%? The United States no Supreme Court. So what, what is, how is that helpful, Gary? If you want to control a nation, you do it through the courts particularly the so-called federal courts. You control through the court and the court will dictate to you law. It's a very, very corrupt process. Mm -hmm. So how does this, I, I, I can see how all this will work in European nations. And I have actually, just last night I was reading about uh, Medici and how, uh, one of them sold out this guy, Bruno, who was talking about hermeticism and had him executed. And so, so I understand all this from a European idea. But the same philosophy does not apply from like an Asian perspective. You know, all the Taoists, the Hindus, all the non-Christian related religions, the people that are still pagan. Um, I, I mean, so, so it, it, it seems to be primarily European. European. Well, um, it was until the Jesuits went into Asia and took over. That was the very first place that the Jesuits went. Mm -hmm. Francis Xavier died, one of the co-founders of the Jesuits, Francis Xavier died in, where is he? I think he died in China, trying to make it to Japan, or Japan trying to, I think he died in Japan, trying to make it to China. Uh, Matteo Ricci, one of the most powerful men of all time, a, a, uh, a Jesuit missionary to China. That's the first place that they went, is to dominate Asia. Um, billionaire and friend of, um, of Bannon. Uh, Go Wing Ji, I think is his name. Go Wing Ji recently said... That that who does who does the communist Chinese regime who, who do the communist Chinese fear? I think it was Goenji that said that that communist China pays two billion dollars in tribute to the Vatican, so that the Vatican will allow their regime to stay in place. What is this? Twenty twenty one. The communist Chinese pay $2 billion in tribute. I'm not talking about 1307 or 1507. I'm talking about mm -hmm. 2021. So my other question, like, 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 I, I, so, so maybe have me convinced the Vatican is controlling everything, at least while we're alive. But what is the point? Why control a bunch of people that are going to die anyway. 
Well, as long as you're alive, that's where all the fun is. If, if you, as soon as you acknowledge, as soon as you are convinced that human beings have an eternal soul, then you're at risk. You either have to be fooled into going along with the agenda or you go all in for evil because you very stupidly, what is it, Dante? It's better to rule in hell than serve in heaven. It's completely illogical and, and, and ludicrous. And, and really, it bears this out. It's completely illogical. First of all, hell you don't rule in hell. Hell is a, is a prison, certainly by the Christian concept. There's this idea that I would rather, I would rather barter my eternal soul for punishment, eternal, so that I could temporarily have everything I want now. That's pretty stupid. And yet, that's what apparently the ruling elite subscribe to. They, they are, they are okay with, but look that up. Something as simple as that. Look mm -hmm. up entertainment industry, deal with the devil. How many people really believe that them, let them tell you, oh, I know for a fact I'm here because I did deal with the devil. What does that even mean? That means that you have bartered your eternal soul. That means that you expect when you die to receive an eternal punishment. And you think that's worth it? For what you what you're getting now, the spotlights, the the uh, um, the star on the the sidewalk, and the the millions, maybe even billions, really worth your eternal soul. So yeah, it makes no sense, Gary, if you're thinking logically. But that's that's Gnosticism. That's the Gnosticism that that Freemasonry is built on. Freemasons, the puppets of the Vatican, the Jesuits are the ultimate Gnostics. Lies and deceit throughout their own ranks. It's a house of cards, Gary. That's the crazy thing. They rule from a house of cards. It has no, it has no foundation whatsoever. That's why us on the bottom, all we need is moral authority and the conviction of truth. But what do they benefit Gary, well, other, other than power and money and a planet full of slaves, you don't get anything out of it. You, because you're thinking logically. Because you're thinking logically. Put your Gary, pause, man. Put yourself in that for a minute. Put yourself in driving a Lamborghini, driving a limousine, living in a mansion, having people falling all over you, having just thinking of something that you want and you have it. That's my it's, everyday life. In, it's, into <laughs> it's intoxicating. It's a narcotic, Gary. It's a narcotic. From a Christian perspective, Jesus said it's, it's, it's better not to be rich. It's going to be harder for, for a camel to walk through the eye of a needle. It's intoxicating. It clouds your ability to think clearly. You dangle that in front of somebody, even worse, Gary, give them a taste and then pull it away. So, so is there any forces at work that are organized that are working against this? Like, like you use the term Illuminati for these guys, um, but from my understanding, like from what I've read in my research on the Illuminati, is it all started out in Bavaria? 
Um, and somehow, I think a lot of it ended up uh, being involved with Sir Francis Bacon, who who came here to, you know, he, well, rumor supposedly came to the United States and helped actually found the United States. Um, and then there's like all these weird questions about Sir Francis Bacon and who he actually was, that he was actually possibly some kind of disincarnated entity that some people will call St. Germain. Um, do you think there's any premises to those stories it's those those that that's a partial truth and it's clouded with mythology to keep truth seekers off track i have a note that i wrote for myself i wanted to share this before we go asia uh what are the what are the dominant religions in asia and buddhism and uh, taoism and yet as hong kong was given its freedom by great britain uh, and being sucked back in by communist China, who runs what is who runs Hong Kong? It's a CEO that runs Hong Kong, and it's a Roman Catholic female named Carrie Lam. Mm-hmm. All the people in Hong Kong that were, would have been qualified to become the CEO of Hong Kong, a Roman Catholic female? Are you kidding me? Who's really running things? Anyway, so um, Illuminati, love it. Love it. Perfect example. Part of the part of the walk, part of my walk towards truth. Years ago, when I was doing my searching, that word came up frequently. Comes up today as deep state, globalist, Satanist, Illuminati. These terms are handed to us because they tell us nothing. From a military perspective, if I want to conquer my enemy, I need to know who they are. If I want to fight, I want to beat my enemy, I need to know who they are. So we give you terms, we give you terms that don't define who we are. Illuminati is a great example. The Illuminati, in a practical sense, was a very short-lived secret society within a secret society. It was founded, Bavaria, you're spot on, in Bavaria. By whom? Johann Adam Weishaupt. Johann Adam Weishaupt, as a Jewish family background, and they converted to a specific religion. What do they convert to? Catholicism. Johann Adam Weishaupt was trained by Jesuits starting at age seven. Spent his entire life with Jesuits to the point where I am now convinced he was secretly ordained. You got a lot of people out there that say, Joe Biden, he's a Jesuit. Joe Biden's not a Jesuit. When I say someone's a Jesuit, that means that I have some reputable source that tells me that individual was ordained, went through the orders. He might be a lay Jesuit, an unordained civilian agent or asset. Johann Adam Weishaupt was so immersed and so surrounded by Jesuits, he actually taught canon law 
at Ingolstadt Jesuit University. How that never came up to me when I was looking up Illuminati astounded me, Gary. Astounded me. Illuminati this, Illuminati that. Hardly ever heard the name of Weishaupt. And when I did, never heard the word Jesuit. Are you kidding me? The guy spent so much time with, I'm convinced now that he, he was an ordained Jesuit. So that to me was a marker of deception and who the, the invisible hand, right. the invisible hand. And my walk as a, as a Christian, Christians have doctrines of prophecy and eschatology. Christians have an understanding of what, what does the future hold? What should we be looking for? What should we be expecting? Interestingly enough, 99% of evangelical, non-Catholic, Protestant Christians believe a doctrine that is called futurism. And this doctrine says that we have no idea what the future holds. Somewhere down the road, a mysterious unknown guy will pop up out of nowhere and he will be the one and only Antichrist. And he's going to, he's going to do a, um, a covenant with Israel for seven years and halfway through, he's going to break that covenant. Three and a half years. Uh, there's a problem with that. Number one, it's the Bible. Number two, it came from a Jesuit. Several Jesuits. One of them being Luis de Alcazar. Why, why are so-called Protestant Christians believing doctrines written by Jesuits? Why are Jesuits, why are Jesuits even writing Christian doctrines? Because prior to the 15 and 1600s, Christians knew without a doubt that the whore of Babylon, the harlot of Babylon, the fourth and final beast of Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Revelation 13, 17, 18, 19, 20, was Rome. The seven heads are seven hills. <laughs> the seven hills of Rome. Capitoline Hill. All nations have a capital named after Capitoline Hill. The architecture of Washington, D.C., which used to be called Little Rome on the Potomac, is such a mirror image of St. Peter's Square, it was called Little Rome on the Potomac. Completely erased from history. The Freemason who did the architecture, uh, is it Pierre Charles or Charles Pierre? Leon Font. Leon Font was a Mason and a devout Roman Catholic. Wait a minute. I thought the Masons were at war with the Catholics. Yeah, I thought the Catholic Church was pro-life. All lies, all subterfuge. I never got a chance to finish myself. All of these key players are full-on pro-abortion. Full-on pro-abortion. Ridiculous. The Catholic Church could wipe out abortion if it wanted to overnight, in seconds. Catholic Church has the power to wipe out abortion. And instead, you have the Jesuit Pope, the Jesuit White Pope. We call him the White Pope versus the Superior General. We call him the Black Pope because of his black, satanic, Luciferian power and his humble, priestly, black cassock. 
You've got the Jesuit white pope saying, hey, listen, I know that vaccines like the coronavirus vaccine have been created with fetal tissue that came from slaughtered, aborted babies. But it's okay in this case. Even though we say we're pro-life, I'm going to give you a dispensation. You need that vaccine. So it doesn't matter that aborted babies went into the research of this vaccine and probably the production as well. And by the way, if you ever want an exemption from a vaccine, all you got to do is force them to tell you what's in it. They'll never do that. I was going to get in the Child Vaccine Child Vaccine Injury Act given by Roman Catholic, and I went on that, I went on that uh, um, rabbit trail of, of religion because it was supposedly authored by Henry Waxman, who was Jewish, a far-left Jew. But really, uh, it's the guys like Roman Catholic Tip O'Neill, Speaker of the House, uh, Roman Catholic Ted Kennedy, the real, the forces behind this, leftist Roman Catholics. Child Vaccine Injury Act, unbelievable criminal, criminal corruption. Unbelievable criminal corruption that gives Big Pharma a blank check for the taxpayers to sign. Unbelievable. Why is Bill Gates, what is Bill Gates' medical training? To be pushing vaccines. Oh, we, hey, we're not going to get back to normal until you're all taking the coronavirus vaccine two, three, four, five times. And his medical training is zero. His medical training is he's got billions of dollars invested in big pharma. And they're bringing him a 20 to 1 profit. Look that up. It might still be on the internet before they take that down. Bill Gates, 20 to 1 killing on killing you with vaccines. Why? Because Ronald Wilson Reagan, the great patriot president, signed the Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, which releases Big Pharma from all liability and all the terrible, horrible things these vaccines do to you, from autism to paralysis to death. There is nothing you can do, oh, over and above suing for a financial recompense. The government has a responsibility to punish criminal wrongdoing with criminal penalties. That will never happen, just like the pedophilia and the clergy. We could do a whole show on that alone. A war crime. A war crime. The systemic rape of America's, all countries, the systemic rape of children by Roman Catholic clergy, and they get away with it. Highly recommend the propaganda movie Spotlight, the 2015 uh, uh, Best Picture, Michael Keaton, Lee Schreiber, absolutely brilliant, spot on, with a few minor exceptions. The idea that, oh, this is just Boston. Any Boston, that's everywhere. Everywhere. Um, who is the actor that plays uh, Garbian? Oh, my goodness. Cast. Uh, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is Mitch Garabedian, the uh, the lawyer that couldn't be bothered to respond to me when I was writing a book on this. Uh, talking to Boston Globe reporter Mike Resendez, played by Mark Ruffalo. Also, good Catholic. All these guys, good Catholics, with the exception of Leif Schreiber, Jewish, of course. All these guys, great Catholics. John Slatter, Slattery as Ben Bradley Jr. The Bradleys running the Boston Globe, father and son. Are you kidding me? 
You got another ruling elite family running information. They run politics. They run information. They got a lock on it. A lock on it. Michael Keaton, Roman Catholic, portraying Walter Robbie Robinson, Roman Catholic, Jesuit trained. They tell about it in the movie. Very well done. Very well done. It was, um, is it Boston College High School? The Jesuit High School is right across from the Boston Globe building. We can see it from right outside the window. I think there's a scene there where they mm -hmm. talk about it. Michael Keaton goes back to his high school and talks about, hey, we had priests here that were, that were abusing kids. It was just random chance he didn't pick me. It's a very, very stunning and stirring movie. And the only propaganda that came out of it is, well, this is specifically the Boston. No, it's not. It's everywhere. Unbelievable crimes, Gary. How can you look at the systemic rape of children? Kamala Harris, when she became um, Attorney General of San Francisco, that she did by having an adulterous affair with Willie Brown. Hey, there's a good qualification right there. That helped her get in, the corruption on her path. She had a massive docket of investigation on clergy pedophilia. She just swept it under the carpet. And on she goes to the United States Senate, and on she goes to Vice President of the United States. Not even a practicing Catholic. Well, she, she studied for the bar at the Jesuit University of San Francisco, whose former president, Stephen J. Privet, SJ, was the mentor to Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, who wants you all to wear on one and two and three masks, as she goes to her mansion and shows off her dual $30,000 refrigerator stocked with gourmet ice cream. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The whole Brett Kavanaugh... Uh, Blase Ford affair. All of these people going to these posh, highly expensive schools and prep schools. Hey, what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. I'll bet it does. I'll bet it does. I love to give the example of, um, of Catholic education and what it means to give a Catholic education. Oh, let's see here. What, what is my favorite example? Oh. Come on, my keyboard doesn't want to work. Uh, for instance, um, oh yeah, of course, I forget. Cynthia McKinney, the courageous congresswoman who outed military contractor DynCorp for trafficking human beings. First of all, DynCorp was a bit player. <laughs> you, need, you need somebody like Blackwater and devout converted Roman Catholic Eric Prince for some real skullduggery. Cynthia McKinney, not born and raised Roman Catholic, but her parents said, you know what? We want our daughter to get a really good education. So they sent her to a convent. She was so powerfully moved by getting her education from a convent, she wanted to become a nun and, and instead settled for becoming a devout Roman Catholic. How does a black leftist female 
become powerful enough to become a congresswoman and question a military contractor in human trafficking because there's a power above manipulating this very carefully and letting it happen. I would call that specific instance picked opposition. I don't know that Cynthia had information. It seems to me that she was sincere. We're going back years here. I don't know what she is aware of now. Like 20 years, good grief. Very courageous of her to step out and say, wait a minute, I've got information that a military contractor is trafficking women and children. Very courageous of her. Why was that allowed to come out? Number one, first and foremost, she's a left-wing Roman Catholic. Number two, I mean, come on, who knows about that today? We may so, know about it because we look for it. Why did he traffic women and children? You do understand the level of power that provides, right? Incredible levels of power. Mm -hmm. Incredible levels of power. For the purpose of compromise. Blackmail and compromise. Uh, perverse deviant sex is a huge hook perverse deviant sex you get someone to be so fixated on satisfying a lust or a need whether it's whatever a narcotic or sex some kind of a drive where you're willing to do anything you're willing to compromise yourself in any way shape or form to satisfy that want it's a huge hook of manipulation if you look as another great example, you, you've heard of the so-called Franklin cover-up. Look that up. What Franklin cover-up? What is that? Well, uh, there was a small tiff in the '80s about a guy named Lawrence King, who worked at the Franklin Federal Credit Union, and he was uh, pimping out boys to politicians. He was trafficking them to Washington, D.C. Where was he trafficking them from? One of the most famous Roman Catholic orphanages of all time, Boys Town, right there in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, why don't we call it the Boys Town cover-up? Well, that's because the whistleblower is a devout Roman Catholic. I think he's passed away now. John DeCamp a uh, politician, a local politician, was it a uh, legislator in Nebraska legislature? Well, what, what was he before that? He was an army intelligence operative in Vietnam. Worked on things like the Phoenix Project. For his boss, the uh, Saigon station chief, but guy by the name of Bill Colby. Colby? Casey, Colby. I'm sorry, I'm getting these CIA Catholics mixed up. The Saigon station chief. Such a devout Roman Catholic. I think it was... Was it Colby? Casey was Reagan's. Colby was the one that had the boating accident, too. By the way, as a quick aside, a quick rabbit trail, I'm absolutely convinced that um, um, Colby was the pattern of the Pale King in the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Because... All these unbelievable crimes he was committing, and yet he had a pang of conscience over the trafficking in kids. He tried to draw the line, and as a result, he had his boating accident. Same thing, the exact same pattern 
for um, what the pal game. What do they call him, Mr. White? The bad guy in the in the Daniel Craig Bond movies. I'm convinced that's that's the uh, so, so I don't need to stop, cut you off, but but here's my my thing with with the trafficking, and this is where I I find one of the holes of this theory, you know, of waiting for finding these kids in orphanages or stealing them off the street or parents selling them for power. Wouldn't it be easier for them? I mean, if this is go, what's going on, to either clone children to have no ties to anything. Or, like you were talking about the abortions, take the aborted fetuses and keep them alive until maturity and then sell them off. Rather than going through all the trouble of trafficking. Those, those alternatives are actually very exotic and very hard. They're much more. It's actually the other way around, Gary. It is much more easy. You would be sickeningly shocked to find out how many people are willing to basically sell their own children into slavery in order to get this, in order to get benefits. It's, I mean, no matter what information you're getting on how easy it is to clone, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. It's, it's actually, there are a lot of negatives. They've had a lot of dead ends in cloning that these, whatever the organisms are being cloned, they're coming out with, with weird diseases and problems and, and medical issues. It's very similar to um, uh, breeding. Uh, you, you, get, you get into the stupidity of, of um, rare, rare breeding uh, animals like dogs and so forth, show dogs. And as soon as you, as soon as you dig into that, you see that the, the more pure the breed the more there are genetic problems with the breed. Just as a quick example, German shepherds mm -hmm. are prone to um, hip dysplasia. It's because it's unnatural. It's unnatural to breed German shepherd after German shepherd with German shepherd. It's unnatural. They've had a lot of problems. Cloning is not as easy as they say it is. That's all part of a subterfuge. It's a lot easier to, to um, find despicable evil. And by the way, in my research, that's my third book, Eaters of Children. First book is Illuminati on Mass. Second book is Secret History. Third book, Eaters of Children. Fourth book, Romans of Mass Destruction. My third book, Eaters of Children, I was shocked to see it's far easier and far more prevalent for family members to give up their own. Far more prevalent. This idea of, of kids being grabbed off the street from good homes, it just doesn't happen. Very, 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 very rare. They're being Just sold. Matter. They're being sold. They're being sold. In, in your book, Eater of Children, I didn't read it, but are people actually eating children like cannibalism? Um, that's the ultimate. That is the ultimate. The basic idea, Gary, is that the more you are willing to do despicable things, the more trustworthy you are to the Luciferian elite. Absolutely everyone in a key position of power has done that. Absolutely everyone in a key position of power has proven themselves willing to compromise, willing to do something evil to attain that position of power. That includes Donald Trump. That includes Joe Biden. That includes all of these key figures. Please, in the audience, don't in any way, shape, or form believe that any of these people 
our, our, our trustworthy outsider, they're going to really bring it home for you. Oh, please, we need an insurrection to bring Donald Trump back. What did Donald Trump do in four years? Nothing. Nothing different from, from Barack Obama, nothing different from, well, I, I've, I told people, Donald Trump will close the borders as quickly as Barack Obama fulfilled his campaign promise to close Guantanamo Bay. Never, never. Above them is an agenda to run the so-called war on terror, to run the wide open borders. Why are America's borders treasonously wide open for generations? What doesn't matter what ethnicity the illegal aliens are, it matters the religion. What is the predominant religion of the illegal aliens streaming up from the South? Roman Catholicism. It is a religious issue. It is not an ethnic issue. 100%. So it is so, a continuity. Go ahead. Uh, one other, we have to wrap this up soon, but I still have a couple questions. Uh, I have another podcast after this one. The Bohemian Grove. Is that where they're doing all this? Is that where these secret rituals are going place and they're cooking kids on a Barbie and eating them? One of many. One of many. And here's another thing. What a great example. What a great example, Gary. Illuminati. They say, they say Illuminati and no one says Adam Weishaupt Jesuit. Bohemian Grove. Who are the caretakers of Bohemian Grove and the Bohemian Club? The Roman Catholic Knights of Hubertus. Right. How is it that you... We endlessly hear about Bohemian Grove, and we never hear about the Roman Catholic Knights of Robertus. And you've got guys like Antonin Scalia as a member. Right. Are you kidding me? Antonin Scalia was a knight of Hubertus. This is the same Roman Catholic knighthood that are the caretakers to Bohemian Grove. What? You've got guys like Alex Jones supposedly crashing Bohemian Grove and videotaping a play. Meanwhile, you've got people who say they have been to Bohemian Grove as a victim, like Kathy O'Brien saying, ain't no play going on. They really are raping and murdering kids. Um, Kathy O'Brien also saying they like to, what, what do those knights like to do? They like to hunt? The, the, latest, uh, the latest incarnation of Hellboy. Hellboy. One of the most Roman Catholic comic book heroes brought to life on the silver screen. There's like three movies out now. The latest version of it. They kind of bring, they, they get into this. This weird, creepy, hundreds of year old knighthood. They get in their special garb to go hunting. What do they like to go hunting? Well, Kathy, Kathy O'Brien says they, they like to go hunting kids. So, Another great example. Yes, yes. And they have cameras everywhere. And that's how they keep you on the plantation. They entice you to do something very, very evil. And they keep the video. And then you're in no way, shape, or form are you going to uh, jeopardize their agendas. Unless you are suddenly throw caution to the wind. Mm -hmm. And I think this is going to happen sometime soon. That there are going to be people who, these are usually people that are willing. There's going to be people who get blackmailed who were unwilling and angry over their blackmail. Maybe they were drugged, drunk, 
Now all of a sudden they're being shown a video of them having sex with a child. I never did that. In today's day and age, good grief, you can do anything with video anyway. They got to be willing. They got to be willing here, heart, mind. And, and, and we're going to get some of these people on the inside that are unwilling. Right. And they're going to throw caution to the wind. And they're going to say, I don't care what they say I did. They're evil. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they break ranks, it's over. The house of cards comes down. Uh-huh. But to answer your question, so, Bohemian Grove. So, so you great. think? Do, do you think that's the like, like, how? Last this is the last question. I got to kind of wrap it up. Um, like me personally, like, like there's some things that you and I definitely have in common. Yeah, you know, like we're both Italian and from the same areas, and um, kind of think a little bit along, along the same lines. Um, like for me personally, I cannot support any politician. Period. I cannot support the government. Period. I can. I do not. I mean, granted, we gotta use money to survive, but on a personal, deep, spiritual level, I don't believe in the use of money either. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of an anarchist in a way. I kind of believe in like rewilding society, destroying everything that exists, and going back to living in normal way where when one person wants something from another, there's an equal exchange of energy, not some kind of pseudo energy or representation of energy, but actual trade of, of, of goods and things like that. And I think like trading is probably the biggest enemy of the government anyway, is the idea of just making stuff and trading it. It's like that simple. If we did that, we really wouldn't even need a government. Um, That's because you're awake, Gary. So so, so what is is your take on that? Are you kind of with me on that kind of philosophy? I mean, because you're you're still like a born-again Christian where, you know, I'm not. I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I consider myself spiritual and that's kind of it, you know? And, and believe it or not, what you just voiced is intensely Christian, intensely Christian. It is a mistrust of humanity and authority, and it is a desire to live at a decentralized level in friendship and brotherhood. It is intensely Christian. Read the book of Acts. Oh, my goodness. Real. I don't even call it socialism because it's been perverted. Mm-hmm. It's been totally perverted. And I promise I promise my audience, if we ever get to the point where, where, where we have a revolution, and I'm telling you, they keep pushing this coronavirus tyranny, we're going to have a revolution. We're going to have real communism, too, if I have anything to say about it. We're going to have a, a serious redistribution of wealth. You're going to be guilty just because you're a billionaire. But you're absolutely spot on because that's that's just that's just total fairness that's that's true fairness my my problem with uh my friends on the left is that they're just not cynical enough they're just too short-sighted they they see that there's corruption in so-called business who was it that said capitalism is a sin capitalism a crime one of the rockefellers yeah capitalism is a sin something to that effect um they don't want they don't want equanimity Gary, that's why they're destroying small business and centralizing power in these massive conglomerates like Amazon, Jeff Bezos, a good Cuban Catholic. Massive. 
massive corruption. It's their final hurrah. It's their final hurrah. Your, your ideal is absolutely my ideal. And before that, I want to use uh, tanks and soldiers to roll into these mansions and these capitals and have some real redistribution of wealth. They have hoarded so much of the resources. It, it will really bring nirvana. It will bring nirvana, what they have done. Hoarding technology, hoarding real health and medicine. Right. They want us sick, impoverished, and dead, and it's time to revolt. But all we really have to do is stop using money. I don't understand, Gary. I don't understand how it is people in the so-called truth community have been suckered into digital currency. I don't understand it. It's such an obvious <laughs> yeah, I don't ploy. get that either. It's just it's another currency. A, oh it doesn't goodness. make any sense. Just so, stop using just money, put the period. Chip in. Just put the chip in now. What, what are you pushing? Digital currency is some sort of truth venue. Are you kidding me? The, yeah, the collection of wealth, absolutely spot on, Gary. The collection of wealth is the beginning of the evil. The beginning of it is the hoarding of it. The mm -hmm. hoarding. Once you can hoard, as soon as, again, very, very Christian, as soon as you no longer are working for yourself, eating by the sweat of your own brow, you're in trouble. Right. You it, become it, us versus them. But the answer just seems so simple. If we stop using money, the collection of wealth becomes worthless. The only problem is the people with all the collection and the wealth and the money don't like that idea, so they're not going to let it happen. <laughs> There's got to be a way. I believe there will be a way. way. We outnumber them dramatically. That's why they're so afraid. That's why they have locked everything down. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, locked down. Yeah. They are deathly afraid, Gary, and it's coming. Awesome. Well, hey, man, uh, before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you and find your books? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cerucci, J-O-H-N-N-Y-C-I-R-U-C-C-I.com. You can write me at Johnny at johnnysrucci.com. You can get my four books on Amazon. Just look me up, uh, Giovanni Augustino Sorucci. Uh, my nickname is Johnny. And uh, my four books are currently, thank goodness, still on Amazon. And if you want to support me, you can go to johnnysrucci.com, go to the support button on the side, and send me a donation in PayPal or Venmo. Uh, I have my third channel. My first two channels on YouTube were taken down. I have a Johnny Srucci uh, YouTube <laughs> channel. We put up information. <laughs> And uh, right now I'm working on an archive at uh, Odyssey. So uh, those are the – oh, I also have a blog talk radio. I don't do my podcast anymore because it's not enough time in the day. Right. But I have all of my old podcasts on blog talk radio. So uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity to say that, Gary. And I really enjoyed my time with you, and I, I hope to do uh, uh, another one with you. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. And I will post links to your books on Amazon, and I'll also post a link to your website on uh in the notes of this episode so when people are listening to it they can just you know click on it and check you out before they forget excellent you're doing a great job it's a sincere truth seeker i appreciate it man awesome thanks let me just play the outro and we'll be wrapping up thank you for listening to everything imaginable on kgra radio you can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, 
Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.